What is up, first round fantasy fans? Welcome to the first round fantasy podcast, your home for second round advice. This is the fantasy strategy show where we take a little deeper dive into some things, do some uh, editorial style rankings and things like that. I'm Jacob Bartley, joined by Justin Morsaws. What's going on, man? How's your Saturday going? Chilling, chilling, just uh, waiting for tomorrow. Good games. Yeah, man. Good fantasy games. It's coming down to yeah, push baby. for the playoffs, you know? Yes, dude. Like, it's funny. We love this shit so much. And it's like every Saturday night is like Christmas Eve. It's like, it's about I to get go that down. feeling, man. Like, I'm so excited. And for me, these weeks have been going by fast, man. Before I know it, it's Sunday again. And I'm like, what? How did this week fly by? Yeah, it's crazy. crazy. You know what makes Sundays better, though, is when you have a Thursday game that actually pan outs in your favor and you have a nice little lead going on. It makes me a little happier going into Sundays. I'm sure it does. I saw um, in one of our leagues you have a very nice lead. Going yeah, you Because you had heard. Kyler who did solid. I mean, I've heard people saying they're disappointed with that Kyler game. That's like – that's a performance you want every week from your quarterback. Like, that's just a standard, like, good game. But legit, that's how crazy he's been. No, I know. In our league, he's dropped. He dropped twenty nine. I'm very happy with it. But that's you're amazing. Thirty five. You know. And yeah. you know what? You remind uh, you remind me of something because I was listening to a couple of our podcasts recently, and we reference what players score in our leagues, and I want people to understand. So we we basically have it set up to where most positions gain maximum points as possible. For example, we have we play full PPR. We play um, every ten yards receiving is a point, and some people usually play one or the other, like half point PPR and that, or they do like one fifteen yards per point. But we play ten yards per point, full PPR. We have a lot of bonuses. We have uh, I forget what it is, but it's either our quarterbacks if they get to two hundred fifty or three hundred passing yards is a five point bonus. And we play six-point touchdowns. So when we say uh, Kyler Murray got 29, like to most people, that's an amazing – that's like a blow-up game. But a lot of leagues play four-point touchdowns, and uh, they they don't have bonuses like crazy bonuses like ours. That's just the way the league was set up from the beginning. But we have talked about making some adjustments on that because our quarterbacks – are crazy <laughs> those ones that are overperforming in the in the normal scoring he scored about like 2021 20, which is still decent but yeah, yeah. He, he had a nice uh game bad last uh drive but yeah i'm overall happy makes sundays easier for me less on the mind for sure so i just want viewers to understand that like when we say oh this player got 27 points that it's based on our scoring standards and maybe we should talk more about like the exact stats instead of how many fantasy points they had, uh, but we'll look at that going forward. But yes, it is uh, strategy Saturdays where, like I said, we take a little deeper dive. We're going to uh, be doing some of our regular stuff, but we're also going to be talking about um, our backup running back rankings, which I, a couple of weeks ago, I did my first version of that. I think it's something that, you know, I want to try to do stuff that I don't see a lot of. Like, I don't see regular rankings of backup running backs, which I think is a very important thing in fantasy football. So I think that uh, we're going to touch on that for sure. And we're also going to touch on this time of year. We have, uh, you know, a, if you play in a dynasty or keeper league, you want to keep, you want to focus on this season 
no matter what, first and foremost. But you always want to keep an eye out for the future. And you want a good balance. So for me, and the reason that um, I asked you to rank, not rank, but choose some uh, Keeper or Dynasty stashes, Justin, is because I look at it as like, okay, so I'm in a Dynasty League, right? I'm three and seven. I'm eyeing the sixth seed. I might not make it, but I still have a chance. And I have Christian McCaffrey in that league. I have, I have Kenny Galladay. I've been kind of, I have Zeke. I've been kind of screwed this year in that league. Um, so I'm eyeing it. If Well, basically the trade deadline has passed. So if I lose this week, I'm basically out. So at that point, what's the point of me rostering, you know, some veteran who I don't think is going to really help me next season and who can I stash on my bench? That's that going into next year. I'm going to have on my roster. That's kind of how I look at it. And you could still make dynasty stashes if you're in the playoffs as well. But I think like you're less likely to drop players that are going to help you win this year. So that's where I was coming from. So we're going to dive into that. But first I want to talk. I don't want to, now that we do the Thursday show or, or the Friday morning show, I don't want to, cover every injury that's going on in the league, but I do want to touch on a few big points here. And uh, Sammy Watkins has been rolled out officially. DeAndre Swift has officially been rolled out. Uh, Devonte Adams will play. Calvin Ridley will play. And the big one for me, so we first heard the Bengals coach say that he doesn't, he doesn't want to, you know, comment on how long he thinks Mixon will be out and we just got a recent update that he is going to the IR which at least means he's going to be out for the next three weeks and I don't know if that means if this week counts as one of those weeks it, I'm sure it does um, so basically he's done for the regular fantasy season and is he really going to come back in at the end of the season when the Bengals are not making the playoffs I doubt it so uh, man there's not I mean Either you're either you have Gio Bernard and you have the backup, or you don't, man. What? How do you feel about this? It's just football, man. We we talk about week in week out, like the difficulties it is to find a running back, let alone a guy that you drafted very high and had high expectations. And the worst part about it is the coach, the Bengals, didn't give much information. So you're like, okay, he might be back next week, maybe next week, and it's like three, four, five, and then it's IR, and it's like. You have to prepare for everything. That's like the idea of playing the waiver wire and getting your handcuffs is because, you know, these coaches like to hide some injuries from the public for strategy reasons. And Mixon just isn't going to get back on the field in time, it looks like. And it's been disappointing. So lesson learned, get your handcuffs and always have those RB stashes for rainy days like this. Yeah, man, I completely agree. And that ties directly into what we're going to talk about today with the, the backup running back stuff, because it's not just get your handcuffs. It's if you see a high upside backup running back on the waivers and you're maybe you're wasting a roster spot on a seventh wide receiver, you know, roster those high upside guys like like a Jamal Williams, like a Gio Bernard, where we've seen their lead running backs have uh, injuries in the past and if the, you know if they go down they're for sure the guy there's other running back situations like like if mark ingram goes down you you don't know who's the guy it's still gus edwards or um the rookie i, I don't know i'm blanking on his name but uh dobbins or jk dobbins yeah but with these other situations you know like who else is 
there's nobody else that's going to challenge them for that job. That guy immediately steps into the lead role. So that's kind of what we're going to be talking about. A couple other things real quick off the top. Uh, this is definitely worth discussion. So Drew Brees is out. We assume for multiple weeks um, with uh, some rib issues. He's, I heard he has, might have a collapsed lung, crazy stuff. Um, and I, uh, we heard, I picked up Jameis Winston in a couple leagues. Everybody assumed Jameis Winston was going to be the starting quarterback. Like it just, that just makes complete sense. Taysom Hill is not your typical, he's not really a quarterback. He's like a gadget guy, a guy who can come in, he can rush, he can play tight end. He can make a couple dink and dunk passes, but apparently Taysom Hill is going to be the starter. And there are no offensive packages designed for Jameis Winston going into this game. First of all, I want to hear your thoughts on this. But second of all, I'll say real quick, I do not believe this at all. I think this is just like the running back situation where they're, they don't tell the public what's going on. Sean Payton doesn't care about our fantasy football leagues that we know who the starting quarterback is. He, I guarantee you, we're going to see Jameis Winston at least on 40% of the snaps. That's my personal opinion. But how do you feel about this, Justin? I actually think the opposite, and I'll tell you why. Like, I think that Taysom Hill has been waiting for a long time, and there's some internal stuff. You know, he wants to play. He's He wants to be a quarterback, not just, a, as Gabe calls it, a gadget guy, you know? And I do believe that it's actually a good thing for all of us and that team because he finally has – that chance to become a starting quarterback for a full game, not just off a breeze injury or anything like that randomly in the middle of the game. So let's see what he can do as a full-time quarterback for a whole game. If it goes disastrously and he gets pulled, then we have our answer. But I actually do believe that a veteran like him who's been waiting behind breeze for a couple of years is going to get a full shot at it because you know what Winston's going to do, but is, is Hill actually serviceable as a full-time quarterback? And I think that's what they're going to test out. None of this sharing part-time uh, with Winston. It's just, I think after that, what he said, it's going to be full-time for Hill. So I want to personally see how it pans out. I personally don't think it's going to be uh, a good game for him. But you know what's interesting about certain leagues is I'm, I go on some forums to check out some news and see what the word is. And some people in their leagues have him listed as a quarterback and a tight end. Yeah, in ESPN. And, yeah, in, in our Yahoo League, he's only as a quarterback. So yeah. I'll love to play him as a tight oh, end if absolutely. that's possible. 100%. I a couple weeks ago, I did. I wanted to keep it under wraps, but I was looking out for that. And we only roster him as a quarterback, so it's yeah. not worth it to me. But it's definitely worth keeping an eye out because I believe he's going to get a full run in this game unless they just get spanked right away. So the only reason that I thought this might – makes sense is because like you said he's been the backup there for for years now and or kind of like the third backup in a way and you see him come in and you know vulture touchdowns from other guys and it's super annoying right but if you're the saints you already know what Jameis winston can do you've seen him as a starting quarterback in the league for several years you don't specifically know what he can do with your team and your players but we've you know who Jameis Winston is as a starting quarterback. They don't really know what Taysom Hill is as a starting quarterback. So why not? They have to make a decision soon what they're going to do when Drew Brees retires. Why not see what they got 
uh, with this. And if it all goes to hell, they could just throw James uh, Winston in there. Yeah, and so I thought. guess, I guess that makes sense. I still don't believe that he's going to be the 95% starter Taysom Hill. I think at the minimum, it's going to be like a 75, 25. I think we're going to see Winston in there more than people think, but Winston is definitely not startable. You cannot start him going in knowing this going in. And it sucks. Like I, uh, I'm in, in one of my two quarterback leaves leagues. I used a, a high waiver priority to get him and I still, I'm going to hold on to him. And I actually use a, a high waiver priority in another league because on week 13, he played, they play Atlanta again. And I was like, Ooh, if Jameis is the starter in week 13, that's a fire him up. And my Tom Brady's on a bye week who I have. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I was eyeing it out for the future, but if he doesn't play, I just wasted those, those uh, waiver priorities. But oh, who wouldn't have thought, you know, like, Everybody assumed, like if you listen to analysts throughout the week, everybody was saying, pick up Jameis Winston. He was projected for, you know, 20, 27 fantasy points, depending on your league. So, uh, yeah, that's just sucks. That's part of fantasy football, I guess. The, yep. You know, these coaches aren't thinking watch. about that for us. Yeah, it's gonna for sure. To watch. Awesome. Well, before we get to our uh, our backup running backs and our uh, dynasty keeper stuff, I just want to. Uh, talk about um, some flexes and kind of like we did on our first episode where you and Joe appeared, I'm going to pitch some uh, flex picks for you and you tell me whether you would start this guy or the other. And then if you have some for me, you can go ahead and throw some my way as well. Mm -hmm. So, and this is, um, you know, this is assuming some of these decisions, some of these players that I throw out might be guys that are like, what do you mean that that guy's in my starting lineup? But you never know. Every team scenario is different. Every league size is different. And uh, some people play with two flexes. Some people play with one flex. So I think some people are facing these scenarios. And I looked around in some of my leagues, and these are the, some of the situations I saw. So um, if you had to decide this week between Kalen Bellage or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who would you start? I'd have to see the matchups, but without question, I, I would go with – Clyde, I mean, just a nice offense, but he's had some off weeks. That that running back situation is is weird. I, I yeah, guess so good. I mean, the Chiefs are playing the Raiders. Yeah, but the the Chargers are playing the Jets. Yeah, it, it pains me to say Belage, but I think based off usage and just looking back at the last game they played against the Raiders, he only had ten carries. It wasn't a phenomenal game at all. But um, and that could be a shootout too. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's true. I I want to say Balaj, but if I have said, it's going to be hard to bench. That yeah. is a really tough one. Uh, I know. That's why I brought it up because you normally wouldn't be benching Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, but sometimes well, you have these random pickups that end up like, damn, should I start them over them? So it, yeah. it's a tough one. This is a good. This is a good test to say that you just can't write out your boys because you've drafted them high. You just exactly. have to go for the win. I guess with that said and what set, what uh, the Chargers have been saying, I want to go with Balazs. Last two weeks, he's been good. and uh, yeah, yeah, they're saying he's like the safer. starter. Like, he's the workhorse until Eckler gets back. Yeah, I, if you're putting me on the spot, I'm starting Balazs. Yeah, that's crazy to think, huh, that because people drafted Clyde super, super high. And, may, I mean, that was probably a mistake. Um, 
All right. Another one, which people might be scratching their head. Why am I asking? But you know, it's actually a real situation and this is Giovanni Bernard or Chris Godwin. Uh, no doubt. Uh, I won't even think about that. I'm going Godwin. Really? Uh, he, I'm telling you, uh, as a Godwin owner, I've watched the Bucks a lot. He's just the best receiver on that team. He gets a decent amount of targets. And uh, I don't really like Geo against Washington. Washington's just a nice defense. And maybe if it was a different matchup, I'd feel differently. But I just like Godwin and the upside of getting a touchdown and a handful of catches out of him. Yeah. I mean, okay, so the reason why – and look, I know Bengals have had – they had Pittsburgh last week and they had Washington this week, right? Not great matchups. But I have a feeling like you're not super high on Giovanni Bernard in general because there's certain guys where, like, if they have a bad matchup, they're, you just fire them up no matter what. Mm -hmm. So in week seven and week eight, they played Cleveland and Tennessee – Cleveland's not a great matchup either for the run. Uh, Tennessee's a, a friendlier matchup. So he had 13 carries for 37 yards, five catches for 59 yards and a touchdown, and then 15 carries for 62 yards and a rushing touchdown, four catches or four targets, three catches, 16 yards and a touchdown. So like, to me, that's his potential. Like he's put, he can put up 20 a game because he's getting so much volume. That's why I think it's a, there's an argument to be made. Do you play Godwin in this tough, tough matchup? Hardest matchup in the league for wide receivers against the Rams? Or do you play a running back who you know is going to get 15 touches in this game? So I think I agree with you. I go Godwin, but I don't think it's a clear-cut Godwin over Bernard. Yeah, I, I agree. It's closer than that. Me, myself, I'm a wide receiver guy. So if it's ever 50-50, I'm going to take – they're both difficult matchups. I'll, I'll just take uh, Tom Brady wanting to show up and get another W type of week. You know, I don't – it's hard to trust the Bengals offense week to week. Yeah, I, I understand. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I, I do slightly go Godwin as well. And, again, we're talking full PPR and, uh, and 10, uh, 10 yards per point. So – that's and if it, maybe if it was half point PPR, you go Giovanni Bernard. But even at that, he's more involved in the passing game than as a runner. So maybe yeah. it kind of evens out there as well. Um, so another Giovanni Bernard, and I think I know your answer to this one now that I've heard your answer to this. Yeah. Uh, Giovanni Bernard or Justin Jefferson? Mm, that's different, you know. Uh, it's Dallas and Dalton's back and. It should be a nice game for Cook, too, so maybe the passing game is downgraded, but Dallas's defense is bad overall. I would have to go Justin Jefferson. He's yeah, a big he has a time, great matchup. Yeah, he's big time, dude. He's, uh, he's really having a nice rookie year, and all he needs is about four catches man, to get if you If only anyone yards. would have predicted that, man. You know? I wonder who did. But, uh, yeah. No, I, I I think that's actually closer than the Godwin one, to be honest, in my in my side. But yeah, that's a that's a nice one. But close so, too. I mean, based on that, if if I were to ask you Jefferson or Godwin, you would go Godwin. I would go Godwin, but yeah. that's these are very close. It's almost yeah. preference, but I I have a very hard time starting uh, benching Godwin. That's where I yeah. stand, and that's I understand because if you bench him and he. Even if he goes off for 20, you're going to be pissed. You start your studs. That's, yeah, exactly. That's hard. I think yeah. that's a, a rule. Like, 
you know, one of our rules here at First Round Fantasy, start your studs. Like, don't don't get crazy, you know. And I, I think that speaks back to the Clyde question because we wanted him to be, but I don't think he's in a stud category well, he has at all. St- so, look, yeah. depending on your 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 uh, stats, like the way your settings are, he's like running back 13, running back 15 on the league. That's solid. Like, that's a, that's a great piece, but not a first round piece. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Yeah, and, and that's where he was drafted in the first round, which is yeah. which is crazy. Um, I got one for you. Oh, go ahead. Duke Johnson against New England, or JD McKissick versus mm, Cincinnati. That's tough because a lot of these you're like, can I just start both of them? But <laughs> that's the whole point of this is to because some people have to decide between these things. And I'll tell you what I play in a couple. Yahoo Pro Leagues, and there's only one flex spot. I, I got to tell you, man, I'm benching crate. Like in some of these leagues, I have to bench Chris Godwin, and I have to bench because in in one of these leagues, I have, I in one of them, I chose Justin Jefferson over Godwin because I have Godwin in a few places, and I'm like, let me just throw Jefferson in this time, yeah, because I, if he goes off, I want to benefit somewhere. But uh, yeah, there's there's these decisions. Like I am benching mckissick in, in a league or two and that one is tough let me what are the matchups again you got duke versus new england and you got mckissick versus the Bengals. okay man that is tough you know what i'm gonna go mckissick man he's been killing it lately i know i mean obviously these last two weeks he's a top 10 running back uh <laughs> since week five i believe i still i think he's a top 10 running backs since week five. I'm not sure I might be mistaken on that, but he's, I think he's definitely top 20. I think he's like top 15, top 16 since week five. And he's just been killing it. Look, Duke Johnson's going to get a lot of work, but McKissick is just getting so many targets, man. It's like more right. targets than wide receivers. And I got to go McKissick. I'm going to sell this hard to you. Uh, we like Duke Johnson. He was a hot waiver wire because uh, the other DJ is on the IR now. But he's only had one fantasy-relevant game, uh, 16 for 41 and a touchdown. The rest have been bust, and it's not like he had, didn't get run last week. He had 14 attempts, 54 yards. No, He seems just that offense, and even going back to David Johnson, it was just touchdown-dependent for that halfback. We're on the other side of the ball, or not this week, but McKissick, he's not touchdown-dependent, but if he does get a touchdown, you're even happier about that. I'm taking the proven work, and I spoke about Alex Smith's uh, check down game, and it was amazing last week. Uh, it's just what that one's not close to me. It's it's like mentally close, but if you break it down, I can never start Duke Johnson over McKissick in that scenario. Yeah, man, I agree. And I've mentioned to you a few times, like I I get stubborn sometimes, and I'm like, I'm not picking up this random guy who came out of nowhere. And like I told you, I picked up Travis Fulgham like going against that, and it worked out for me for several weeks. And I did the same thing around that time we were talking JD McKissick on the podcast. It was just you and I on a show. I picked up McKissick in my dynasty league. Not that he's going to be a great dynasty player for several years, but he's helping me this year. Yeah, and it's it's been great. I'm riding that hot hand, man. I, I was happy I started him last week. Yeah, uh, well, wonders. my next one actually involves McKissick, and this is. T Higgins or JD McKissick? Mm-hmm. Higgins is like I said last podcast. This guy is the most undercovered, but should yeah. be talked about more. 
Um, I almost, as a Tyler Boyd fan, I would say that Higgins is just more well, talented. He's the the big thing is, player, I, you know? look, I look Tyler Boyd. I love Tyler Boyd, and the thing is, he, I don't want to say he's boring, but to the fantasy world, they view him as a boring player. But he's so consistent. Like he's mm-hmm. been great this year, to be honest. Overall. He hasn't been – I don't think he's been great the past couple of weeks, but he's been great this year. And T. Higgins is the more exciting player, but I like both of them. I Like in, in one of my leagues, they're literally my top two receivers, and I start both yeah. of them every week, and I'm very happy with the results. It's not like, that bad. So um, let me see. They, I think there was a week they both had like 20-plus, and I was like, yeah. hey, this is working out for me, to be honest. The way I look at it in that if you want a floor, if you just said, hey, I have a nice matchup, just score some points, make sure that I am competitive, McKissick's your guy. But if you want that 100-yard touchdown game, uh, Higgins is going to be your start. So I would I would analyze your situation. But all things considered, I'm going to start McKissick. Yeah. I think he has the safer floor, to be honest. Yeah. He de- like You know – McKissick is probably going to come out at least with 10 fantasy points and not exactly. kill you. But Higgins could have four fantasy points or he could have 27. You know, I it's know, just, yeah, actually, I, I agree. I agree. Scored, but, he's only scored in our league under double digits in week two. Like week yeah. one, it doesn't look like he hit the field. Man, Higgins is great. This guy's, yeah. it I really depends on your together. situation. That one's tough. Uh, but I think. All things considered, I mean, you say you're a wide receiver guy, but for me, I say you go for the running back you know is going to get the touches. Because, yeah. you know, running backs, they literally manufacture plays and touches for them, you know, so, like throughout the game, right? Receivers, look, they look for receivers. They they plan plays around receivers, but those can break down. Like if, if you – let's say you they're running a route that involves – the ball to go to T Higgins, but he's covered and you know, somebody else is open. It's going to go to Boyd or something like that. Right. But if you manufacture a play that involves JD McKissick, it's likely going into his hands. You know what I mean? So that's why I think if you know, a running back is going to get the touches, you go with the running back, but it depends on the situation. Like I still agree with you. Start Godwin over Bernard just because you know, Godwin's a stud and he's just one of your guys and you got to go with him. You make a great point, and just to expand on it, that's why standard scoring is not the way to go anymore. Receivers it have to catch the ball. Listen, people, change your leagues to PPR. You'll have more fun, and it's more true to the player. At, at the very least, like I prefer full point PPR, but at the very least, go half PPR. Like at, at the, the very, very least. least. And I, I mean, I get it though the argument because uh, you have guys catching the the ball behind the line of scrimmage and they get a full point and for negative yards and they get positive points. So that's the argument for half point PPR uh, for people. And I, I get that, but I prefer full PPR in my opinion. Um, Okay. Real quick. I just have a couple more. So Jerry Judy or Hollywood Brown. And I know this is might be an easy choice. You might say, go Jerry Judy. No question. Hollywood Brown has a great matchup this week. They play Tennessee, I believe. And Tennessee in our leagues gives up the fourth most points to wide receivers. And I, is it Tennessee? Let me just double check this really quick. Um, Yeah, it's Tennessee. So, and they give up the fifth most points to quarterbacks. So I understand normally 
especially of recent performances, you're going Judy. But based on that, are you going Hollywood Brown easily over Judy? He's playing Miami. After after picking Marquise to be my my dark horse. Oh yeah, he burned week, you. Playing Judy as my fool's gold. Pivot away. Go somewhere else. Anywhere else. But if I had to, if I had to, I would say go Hollywood Brown just because his targets are on an uptick and hope he gets in the end zone. Uh, I, I don't like either play. Yeah, I mean, most weeks, depending on the matchup, I would go Judy. But uh, this week, I would go Hollywood Brown for sure. Um, all right, Ronald Jones or Cooper Cup? Oh, without a doubt, Cooper Cup. I don't even want to think twice. Uh, I I know they're, whoever plays for the Bucks is going to have a good week in the backfield, but I'm not sure how that's going to pan out. But Cup is just a target monster, and I'll side with the, with the safer game. Nice. I, I agree, Cooper Cup. All right. This one's a 3-1. One. You can only start one of these guys. Jonathan Taylor, Jalen Rager, or Michael Pittman Jr.? Mm, that's nice. Mm. I'm, I'm a bench Taylor. No matter what, I'm going to bench him there. That's the easy one. So it goes to Rager or Pittman. I agree. The only reason I consider it, and this is like your last flex, right? So yeah. the only reason I consider it, they're playing Green Bay, and I know we say it every week. We say this every week, but if this is the week Jonathan Taylor can do something, it's going to be this week. But I, I highly doubt it. But the thing is, for me, I think it's possible JT busts off with like a Ronald Jones-type 60-yard touchdown and just saves your week. But – I'm gonna go. I'm gonna Depends. go Pittman. I'm gonna go Pittman just because he had a hot week. I'm not sure about any of those guys, but I'm gonna write it out. He's had eight and then seven targets past two weeks. Uh, if I can get the same amount of targets, I feel good about him. Awesome. All right. Uh, and then last one. And so this one's crazy, right? This one is a for sure. Um, these guys are in people's starting lineups, but I'm telling you, in a one flex league. Let me pull this up. So I'll, I'll let you think about this for a second. Chris Godwin or AJ Brown? And you might look at me crazy. Why would you ever consider benching either of them, right? So, all right, in this one league, I have Keenan Allen and I have Justin Jefferson. I'm starting both of them. So in my flex spot, I only have one flex. So I have Chris Godwin and AJ Brown. And Right now, I have Chris Godwin in my lineup, but I might I want to swap AJ Brown for Justin Jefferson, and maybe that should be the question. But I already made the decision that I'm starting Jefferson. So Godwin or AJ Brown? I I said it at the beginning of the year. Everyone didn't agree with me. I'm telling you the same way we look at Metcalf. If AJ Brown Ooh. played with Russell Wilson, he would be talking I, like that too. I would never bench Brown. Uh, you'd have to be really stacked. To I was right that. there with you, man. I I was I've been an AJ Brown supporter all the way through. Dude, I love he, this guy. If he caught that ball last week, instead of a one for twenty one week, he would have a two for ninety and a touchdown week. So I can never justify starting that man. He's a he's a beast. Literally bigger. He's he's just like Metcalf. The same respect. He's too big, too fast. Um, it's it would be hard choice to bench Godwin, but if you're stacked like that and you're already stuck on Jefferson, I'd have to bench Godwin and start so, Brown. And with those four receivers, you have to start three. You would you say Jefferson's the odd man out for you this week? 
Oh man, that is that's a great problem to have. Yeah, I know, um, right? Yeah, I mean, why don't we talk Keenan Allen? Though, I mean, he plays the Jets, so I'm not benching him. Never mind. Yeah, that. I mean, so uh, the thing is, I let's let's I uh, give you some more context. I'm I have to win this week. Does that change anything? Oh uh, no, no, no. I, I play every week. Like I have to win. So yeah, I'm play, I'll play my best lineup regardless. Well, I, some I people bench. say swing for the fences if if it's a must win, but I think that you treat every week like a must win. Yeah, I'm I'm playing my most points possible regardless. Um, no, I, I bench, I bench uh, Justin Jefferson, and it's not that he will have a bad game, but when 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 Thielen gets into these matchups with awful secondaries, that's when you see those 12, 12 targets yeah. just chopping it up, and maybe Jefferson also gets his, but I'll lean that Thielen has a better game than Jefferson, and I'll never bench Brown, so that's where I stand. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a good problem to have for sure. Um, all righty. So let's get into these backup, uh, running back rankings. And this is the first time I'm having you do this, Justin. And like we talked about, I mean, we had to have a five minute discussion about this cause it's, it's unclear what exactly a backup is. You have your, uh, Kareem Hunt, who I don't, I don't consider him a backup. He has his own role. He's like a JD McKissick because An- Antonio Gibson's definitely not the backup, but McKissick is not the backup. He, He's like a, a receiver hybrid type guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're not ranking guys who are on the field, consistent fantasy starters like a Kareem Hunt or a J.D. McKissick. We're also not uh, ranking guys who currently are starting because the the lead back is injured. For example, Giovanni Bernard, Mike Davis. Uh, Justin, you said you broke it up into three categories. What were those again? So the first category is the backup turn starter due to injury. And you can add if you have, but the ones that came to my mind are Gio, Mike Davis, and uh, Ahmed over there in Miami while Gaskin's out. So those guys are very serviceable backs that should have been picked up, but that's the first category. The second one are backups who aren't really backups. They just have standalone value. And I got Kareem Hunt, J.D. McKissick, Chase Edmonds, and Naeem Hines. Uh, the rest would be the backups. That and can... I would say maybe Zach Moss is in that category. Like I didn't rank Zach Moss or Devin Singletary because I don't think either of them are the backup, but I also don't think either of them are the starter. It's it's a weird situation. Yeah, I, I felt the same about New England's backfield, Sandy, uh, the Chargers' and backfield. Baltimore. <laughs> Baltimore, I don't even want to start the starter over there. Yeah, so yeah, no, no I no. just left them out and Me Tampa too. Bay's backfield. So, yeah. And then the, the third category is just the guys that should be uh, rostered because if the starter goes out, they're primetime backs and backing them up. Okay, so we're going to have – our lists might be different because there might be some guys that I did rank and Justin didn't and vice versa. But for the most part, we're leaving most of the same guys off. Because mm-hmm. um, for I'll tell you what, I'm counting Leonard Fournette as a backup. Because I okay. think Ronald Jones is a uh, is the starter, but you don't have that doesn't mean you have to rank Leonard Fournette. So okay. why don't you take me real quick through year ten through six, with a little bit of explanation why. Starting from the back. Yeah. Okay. So move your way up. So I would say at number ten, I put DJ Dallas there. Okay. Um, uh, Carson Hyde Homer. Uh, I guess it was only because this week that Hyde started. Ideally, he's not the first backup up. We saw what Hyde did. But at this moment right now, DJ Dallas 
is the young guy. He's really offensively talented, but his defense kind of keeps him off the field. He's not that good at pass blocking. He gets abused by those blitz. Um, he's right there at 10 for me. Uh, number nine, I have Devontae Booker. Uh, I picked him up in my league, actually. And it's not that I'm hoping for a Josh Jacobs injury, but I know if Jacobs has to miss a couple games, Booker will fill in and have a serviceable week. And that, that's what I'm looking for in these lists because I unfortunately do not have an RB2 that I trust. So I'm just searching the waiver wires left and right. If something so happens to the starter, where's my lottery ticket? And I look at Booker as that guy. Um, at number eight, I put Philip Lindsay. And I think I want to switch him with Booker, but they're pretty close. Uh, that offensive game in Denver is pretty bad lately. But behind Melvin Gordon, if Melvin misses time, I would play Lindsay and feel decent about it. After that, and this is an interesting team to talk about, but I put Malcolm Brown behind Henderson because okay. he kind of is the goal line back when needed, so I can hope for a touchdown. And he has a decent floor when he gets run. Not happy, but it's a floor play. And rounding it out at six, I put Tony Pollard. Uh, nice. Maybe low. Maybe low, I have to say, looking at the other names. But the, there's some good names left. Uh, if Zeke misses game, you start Pollard and you feel good oh, yeah. about it. A oh, yeah. After this one, I'll name my other guys. If their starter goes out, you play these guys with 100% confidence. And Pollard just happens to be the lowest of the remaining for me. But uh, that's 6 through 10 for me. Nice. Uh, yeah, for the most part, I agree with those. And I just uh, called an audible and changed my list real quick. I actually – because I had 11 guys and I couldn't decide. But – I actually removed Leonard Fournette because you're you're right. He's more on the Chase Edmonds uh, type role where like he has his own role. Like people, I don't necessarily like it. I only have him in one league, and but he's a guy who you can throw him in your flex if you have to. If mm -hmm. if you have, because I've I've had lineups where like six guys are on a buy, and like you just like all right, I got to throw Leonard Fournette in, you know, because you don't want to drop him. Yeah. So I took Leonard Fournette out because he's kind of on that Chase Edmonds level where. Any week he can perform as the starter, you know? So so that actually helps me because I had 11 guys at first. Um, all right, so this is crazy because I think you named some guys who are going to be in my top five, and I might name some guys in my bottom 10 that might be in your top five. So my, my number 10 is Boston Scott. We saw, and I consider Boston Scott a backup. I know he's producing still. He, he had a touchdown. Like, he didn't have much less points than – Miles Sanders last week, or did he have more? I don't remember. It was pretty close, but I still consider Boston Scott the backup running back. But we saw when he, when Miles Sanders was out, that he's the guy. He's going to get the most touches. It's not that other guys aren't involved. It's just that he's going to be the one on the field the most. And he's small and fast. And we saw him at the end of last year. The end of last year, he actually helped carry me to a, a fantasy championship. So I'll always be happy. Uh, with Boston Scott, like he'll be in my good graces because that's my only fantasy championship I've ever won. Uh, so, but yes, I do think, like I told you, Justin, I look at it as what happens if the starter misses? Does this guy become a fantasy starter and RB2 immediately? And I think for Boston Scott, the answer is yes. So he's at number 10 for me. Um, number nine is a sleeper maybe and that is brian hill of the atlanta falcons brian hill look i'm waiting 
and the thing is, Todd Gurley has surprised me this year, man. It's I can't believe how much he's producing, but it's not efficient. He's gets into the end zone a lot, and I haven't watched many of the games, but I've uh, what I, from what I've heard, he doesn't look great out there. So to me, I think this is kind of like, and I've watched a lot of Dallas games, and Tony Pollard looks more explosive than Zeke right now, and I'll say Brian Hill looks way more explosive than than Todd Gurley. And I mean, that's not saying much. We all know Todd Gurley is suffering from injuries, but <laughs> Brian Hill's been productive. I think if if um if Todd Gurley went down, I think that man jumps up to like a must add. A must add. Um number 8, I actually have Cam Akers. I I've been on the Cam Akers train all season. Not that look, obviously he was injured, disappointed. This backfield is a mess. You don't feel good about rostering or starting any of these guys right now but i think malcolm brown has his role no matter what unless he gets injured i think if daryl henderson gets injured cam Akers immediately steps in as the starter at, at not as the starter but in the daryl henderson role i think malcolm brown stays what he's doing cam Akers comes in and takes over the daryl henderson role uh at number seven i have tony pollard again exciting young player very explosive if he was you know he would be a starting running back on any other like if you know on other teams he would be a starting running back and you would feel great about him um so like to me like i wish the niners had tony pollard that would be that would be amazing he would be fantastic on the niners like because they can't seem like mckinnon has his role whatever you know but they can't seem to find consistent runners until Mostert comes back so example like that uh so if look zeke's actually a little banged up right now and uh i'm actually in a keeper league and the the pollard manager dropped pollard during the bye week and i i saw him on waivers i swooped him up right away i'm like oh my goodness first of all if he plays this if zeke misses a game this year um Pollard's going to step in right away. And then who knows what happens next year, man? I mean, at a certain point, look, I love Ezekiel Elliott. I know you love Zeke too, but who knows, man? We never know what's going to happen. So, so we'll see. Uh, At number six, I have Devontae Booker, man. He's been producing. I I can't believe how much I was sleeping on this guy. Like I didn't really pay attention to what he was doing until last week. And I have Josh Jacobs in a league and I'm like, what am I doing? This is a must roster handcuff because in, in this league, look, he had 12 points and then 21 points, but still like he's, he's on the up and up. I mean the week before. So against the chargers, every time I see LAC, I want to say the Clippers, but he had eight rushes for 68 yards and a touchdown. And then he has 16 rushes for 81 yards and two touchdowns. Like, man. And the thing is, it's Gruden, man. He loves running backs. He loves the guys who are going to grind it out for him. So I have Devontae Booker at number six. Yeah, you got you got some nice ones in there. Booker Booker was a, a supposed stud when he came into the league, and it just never panned out over in Denver. So mm-hmm. it's not surprising to see. Well, I remember well, they like, had, like, three guys, and they kept rotating them at the time. Yeah. But yeah, he's a must-own handcuff for those Jacob owners. That's for sure. Nice, nice. I like, I like where you're going. We, we have a little difference, but we'll see if my top top five sways your. Yeah, your we have a couple similar. I think we both had Booker and Pollard, 
yeah. then we both had a Rams running back. So yeah. you just believe Malcolm Brown will be the guy if Henderson missed, and I think it would be Akers. This uh, year, yeah. All right, so what is your five through one? So five through one, I start with Boston Scott. He's number nice. five for me. I know you you had him lower than me, which I'm surprised, but not really because other guys are serviceable. But we saw literal games where Scott uh, Sanders is out, and we got to see Scott as the man. And mm-hmm. anyone that had him didn't think twice about starting him, and that says a lot about a backup. And uh, you know what's good about him is last week uh, Sanders did all the work. Him and uh, Scott and Clement got a couple touchdowns themselves yeah and i mean it's, it's like he might be serviceable without he might get that is, area is teetering chase edmonds level you know yeah, what i mean he, he, that's how good he's been so he he made the top five for me and, and a, a good argument for him is his miles sanders is injury prone so that's that's another thing to consider with these and scott is a pass catcher out the backfield mm-hmm. so it's even better um, then at number four is, uh, uh, he's been in the league a good amount of time and he's just really been great when you got to play. And that's Latavius Murray. He is, uh, Kamara's backup. And when Kamara misses, this is a plug and play without hesitation. He's, he's just a big boy. And he, if he's at the goal line, he's crossing that plane and getting you that touchdown. That's how he runs. And he's also nice and finesse. So he, he's a pass catcher. He's awesome. And Moving to number three, this is where when you made the argument, I kind of wanted to switch it. But then in my mind, he is the backup, and that's Leonard Fournette. Uh, we know what he did in, <laughs> in, in the Jags. And that's so funny. We I took him off, and you added him. <laughs> it's it's because I thought about it, and we saw Arians talk about Rojo, or Arians, right, over there in Tampa Bay? Yeah, Bruce yeah. Arians, yeah. We saw him talk about it, and he kind of said that we need to run Rojo. He's our guy. He's the, He's worked so hard. He's been it. So to me, that kind of certifies Fournette as the backup role. And it kind of shows the game script. He gets run, but he gets backup role run. So if Rojo's out, you start Fournette and love it because he's that good of a backup. Um, Enough said about him. Now, these last two are awesome, awesome. And I believe that these last two will get starting jobs in the future. It just is a matter of who they're playing behind and why it's been like that. And at number two, it's Madison. And we know... Cooks missed some games. Madison, like we had that week where, oh, fire up your Madison's. Cooks is out. So He's a sure the thing. The thing is, man, I love Madison, and we'll talk about him soon too as, as well. But I, I just want to tell a quick little story. So last year, uh, there was a game where Dalvin Cook was out, and I think Madison got injured at, as well. Yeah, yeah. Michael Did he get injured in. in the game though? Yeah, he got. I, I if the game you're talking about, it's actually happened multiple times where Madison got injured. It happened once this time, and well, Boone backed him up. The Boone point was like is, a late the point is that like, okay, Madison's hyped up. He's you, everybody says start him, and the end result is it didn't work out for you. So that happened to me last year. And the thing is, I don't even have Dalvin Cook. I I rostered Madison in a dynasty league, and I'm not dropping him. And I uh, so I'm like, I only get to start him when Cook is out. And this year, when Cook was playing, when Cook was out, I was like, I don't feel good about this. Like, I know it's Atlanta, but I don't want to start him. But everybody was saying start him, so I was like, I gotta start him. I'm gonna feel dumb if he goes off, and it didn't work out. That's that's all I gotta say. <laughs> but he's I still mean, the thing is for me. My my point is, I guarantee you, if we got a full season of Madison as a starting running back, he would be top ten no matter what. Yeah, uh, I mean. 
that was one game where he got to start. When Cook got injured and he played half a game the week before that, he balled out. I mean, he's good. Everyone's going to have a bad game. He just hadn't have had a lot of chance because they had the bye. And then oh, he's a back. stud, bro. Like, so, I, like I said, if I wish the Niners had Alexander Madison. Can you imagine? Yeah, like it, that? It, it would be perfect for you guys. But he might get injured if that was the case. But anyways... <laughs> Madison is his top two handcuff option. That's a lottery ticket waiting to happen. So I hope he finds a starting role soon so we can have another running back that like gives us some work. But that's that. And at number one, if you couldn't tell by the list, it's Jamal Williams. This guy is teetering on that Hunt McKissick Edmonds Hines role where you might have yeah, standalone he, value. But he's like right right there it's not trustworthy enough because they have a passing game that almost just ends games right away so mm -hmm. no one really does anything after that but jamal williams got drafted the same year as aaron jones aaron jones is obviously turning into an elite back and just kind of overtook williams's opportunity so if uh, personally i didn't i didn't have jones at the beginning of the year i traded zeke for him but even before that Williams was on the board. Everyone thought AJ Dillon was the man. And I'm like, hey, I'm taking this <laughs> this boy over an unproven rookie 10 out of 10. What happens? Joan missed a couple games and I got beautiful, beautiful work with Williams. Yeah. And he's just he's gonna get a starting job. He will have oh, a, yeah. a he's, solo role I, soon. I think they drafted Dylan because they already paid Aaron Jones. Yeah. Uh, and they don't I don't think because Jamal Williams it deserves a nice little paycheck and I don't think they wanted to pay both guys. Yeah. He's, he's, he might be gone. I'm not sure when his, uh, well, he's an unrestricted free agent in 2021. Yeah. That's what I thought. So he's, yep. I'm almost saying hundred percent. He's gone. He's going to go somewhere else and get his starting role with the team that needs yeah. to run back. San so, Francisco baby. <laughs> uh, that'd be crazy. Good for you guys. So that's my number one. Uh, it wasn't that difficult him and Madison. There's a separation, but, uh, it's it's both the good backups to yeah, work with. Yeah, because uh, McKinnon is a free agent, and uh, what's the other guy? Coleman is a free agent as well. So yeah, they're. Gone I think we're cleaning opinion. house, dude, and we're gonna. Yeah. He's gonna sign somebody. Yeah, he's gonna sign that's, somebody. That's a great uh, destination. No, so that is a great one, man. What's that your top five looking like? So real quick, my top five. I, number five, I have Philip Lindsay. Man, I'm a Ooh. big Philip Lindsay fan. I think I don't think Denver should have ever signed. Uh, Melvin Gordon, because the thing is, look, it's always good to sign talent, right? Melvin Gordon, bottom line is he's a talented running back. He, he deserves a, a spot in this league, but they oh, they paid him too much when you have a guy who can be the guy, and they could have signed somebody else to be his backup. Yeah. And, and the thing is for me, to me, and I understand this, it, it this is fair to be down on Philip Lindsay right now because he had two bad games in a row, and I don't, I can't remember if injury at all played into it or not. But the thing is, people have such short memories. They forget this guy has two back-to-back 1,000-yard -back seasons. He also, um, in weeks that seven through nine, he had uh, nine attempts, 79 yards, six attempts, 83 yards, and a touchdown, and then eight attempts for only 23 yards. But the point is, like, he's efficient. He's used a lot. If Melvin Gordon were to ever go down, I think he's instantly, like, uh, you know, an RB three, a high end flex consideration, like with with uh, a high ceiling. So mm -hmm. I have Philip Lindsay there at number five, uh, number four, which I don't even think you ranked this guy. And this is Le'Veon Bell. Look to me, it's mm -hmm. just 
plug in anybody as the starting running back of the Chiefs, they're going to produce. And I know Clyde hasn't, and I that's the thing. But, I mean, still, Clyde, a lot of it came at the beginning of the season, but Clyde has still been a top 20 running back. And the thing is, like, he's the starting running back of the Chiefs. So if, like, Clyde was going to miss this week, right? Uh, he he was uh, on the verge of possibly missing this week with an illness. I think if you add Le'Veon Bell on your roster, you have to start him if if Bell if uh, Clyde misses. So to me, that's why the only reason it's not because it's Bell because we've seen him on the Chiefs. It's just because if you put any of these guys on the Chiefs uh, as the backup, I'm going to have them pretty high, uh, and that's the reason why. Uh, number three, I have Alexander Madison. Um, He's a stud. You said everything that needs to be said. The thing is, his best games have come with Cook in the lineup. And beautiful games, like pass catching, running, touchdowns. I, look, he's one of my favorite backups to watch play, man. Like, he just looks like a beast. And it's unfortunate because I feel like the fantasy world is being deprived of something amazing because this guy could be a top five running back. I really believe he has that talent, but we're not going to see it with cook there. And the thing is if cook, they, they signed cook to a four year deal or whatever. And as long as cook stays healthy, Madison's never going to see more than like a 10% usage. If that. So, and do you think, let's say hypothetically cook stays healthy this whole time you get to Madison's, uh, you know, contract year, do they let Madison walk or do they cut cook and sign Madison at that point? Is Kirk bur burnt out by that point? And then they just sign Madison. Like maybe I just want one day to see Madison as a starting running back. Mm -hmm. That's all I want. Um, number two, I have Jamal Williams. Uh, same, all reasons you said again, if he misses instant RB one and same for my number one, who is Latavius Murray. I think we've seen it already. The, the way that offense runs, Sean Payton's a genius play caller. I think it like my top uh my top three guys, instant RB ones if their starter misses. So that's kind of why I have that there. All right, cool. Well, uh we're gonna do our fantasy etiquette of the week. And Justin has something for us today. So what do you got, Justin, for the fantasy etiquette of the week? For this week, I want to talk about, especially at this time of the year when every win matters, is the question. Is it acceptable to pick up players to counter or block your your opposition from getting them? And some examples I mean by that are Carson's out, Hyde is banged up, Homer's hurt, and it's questionable. Do you drop some player you're not going to use and go get DJ Dallas like those past couple of weeks and he produced well just so your other uh, opposition can't touch him? And that's fair game to me. I, I go to some forums, someone raised that question. They're like, no, that's that's not right. You don't need them. Don't don't hurt the league. Let other players run these guys. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, I mean, if he's on the waiver wire, it's free game for anyone to touch. So don't feel bad. You're not being rude. You're not hurting your league. You're playing fantasy football and you're winning your week. That's all that there is to it. What are your thoughts on that? I 100% agree with you. Look, Fantasy football is like you don't want to be a, a dick like on the chat like or talking to people like you don't want to be an asshole and build a reputation of, of being that in your league. But as far as transactions go, 
and and things like that and pickups and even some people try to uh say like drafting someone's backup intentionally during the draft is unethical and it's not that like and you're doing it just to poach the guy you want that player on your team it's a valuable asset like drafting Latavius Murray for example like he's he's a guy who needs to be drafted you don't just oh he has Kamara so I'm gonna leave leave him for that guy no you draft you draft uh these backups if you have the higher waiver over some other guy and especially if you're competing with them for a playoff spot or you're just competing with them in general in the league this is a competition and when it comes to that as long as it's legal like in as far as like for the fantasy rules and all that stuff and the the platform that you're playing on it's allowed to me mm-hmm. and you know uh you know for what? example like and also goes into like let's say your opponent has a quarterback on their bye week and you have a higher waiver than them and there's a juicy matchup for Ben Roethlisberger on this week i'm putting in my waiver and i'm taking Ben Roethlisberger off the board so that manager can't start Ben Roethlisberger against me but specifically like taking somebody's backup running back and either for one just to have a valuable piece on your roster or two to use them as a trade piece is completely 100% okay agreed and you know to go a little deeper on this concept um, I actually don't do this and I want to be more cognizant to do this but there was a matchup last week where one of our league mates was going against someone who had Allen Robinson and you know, Allen Robinson had that concussion and might mm. not play. So the, the opponent who's going against Allen Robinson picked up Darnell Mooney yep. and he had no intention to play him. He didn't give a damn about him. All he cared about was hey, if, if Robinson doesn't play, I'm going to grab the backup. So the other guy can't roster him. And I was, I tip my hat. I said that's a great move. That's oh, smart. absolutely. And you, you, if you get salty, if you get upset about that, you need to up your game because it's oh yeah, no, fine. that's on you yep. first for not picking him up. Yep. You should have been eyeing that in the first place as soon as you heard that Allen Robertson was questionable. And again, people don't get offended when people do those kind of things in your league. Like that's the part of the game. It's not just about. Oh, draft your team, set your lineup. That's not what it's about. This is what this show is, fantasy strategy. That's part of strategy is, you know, preventing your opponent from succeeding against you or succeeding in the league in general. As long as it's fair, as long as it's allowed, it's fair. And all all these little, little, little moves, you move an inch, you move an inch. It doesn't seem big, but as, as it racks up, you moved a mile ahead of your competition. And that's what we're here to do is, long-term win a championship and these are small Absolutely. things that get you there yeah so yeah don't ever feel bad about adding if someone's on the waiver wire doesn't matter who it is they you can add them for for any reason so yep. don't ever feel bad for that that was a good one justin that was definitely a good one because especially now this is where you have to win every week so i feel like those situations are going to come up and trades are off the board the deadline passed exactly. most likely so all you have to work with is the waiver wire and worse, you know, worse comes to worst. I mean, you talked about like, oh, grabbing those players to trade them to the, the manager, which sometimes works out, sometimes doesn't. In one of our leagues, I swooped up Giovanni Bernard. I didn't do it, oh, I'm going to trade him to the Mixon owner. I did it because, oh, if Mixon misses, Giovanni Bernard's a starting running back. 
And then I did try to trade him to the Mixon owner. It didn't work out, but Hey, now I have a starting running back on my, on my squad. So, you know, it can work out either way. We're turning dirt into gold week by week. Yeah, for sure. So real quick. So one thing I wanted to touch on was let's say you're in a dynasty or a keeper league and you're keeping a little eye on next year, especially if your team is not going to make the playoffs. Who are some players whose situation can look better next year that you can stash on your roster? And whether it's dynasty or keeper, you you'll have that option of having them on your roster going into next season. So I want to go to you first, Justin, what are some names you were able to come up with for this? Uh, I'm going to start off in the least likely category, and that's tight ends. Uh, if you have a very deep league and you're looking for boom next year, I really do like Irv Smith Jr. because I'm a Viking fan. I think Rudolph's time is coming close to an end over there. And uh, he's very – Smith is very talented. He's an athletic beast. And I think once we unleash our offense a little bit, uh, he can become a serviceable tight end. So it, tight end is an awful area to be at. So if you're in that tight end hell or you just have a free spot, he might be a nice hold. And then uh, one more tight end. I want to say his last name, Devin Asiasi with New England. He was drafted high oh, third nice. round. Uh, I I just think it, it's a shot in the dark, and it's better than other – it's better than uh, – Fells or Atkins to me, those type of tight ends that, you know, they got run, they just don't do much with it. I'd rather hold on to this Rook and see what happens next year over there. Uh, you have any uh, tight ends to mention? Uh, I did not actually come up with any tight ends, but that, that that's a good point, man. And I, I always wonder, like, there's teams where, like, we don't even know who their tight end is, like like New England. I like I knew I knew about that rookie, but, like, you don't hear anything ever about their tight end. They're not even ranked or anything. Like, uh, Arizona who they don't even have a tight end like they don't even you never hear anything about their tight end so that's interesting to me I have a theory and I've uh Gabe and I have talked about this Joe and I have talked about this about Zach Ertz signing with New England next year and I don't know who their quarterback's gonna be uh but hey maybe they swoop up Jimmy Garoppolo after the Niners cut him that would Go be interesting home. yeah be nice. possibly um but no I don't have any tight ends though but okay. um let's talk about some running backs so for me I mean I my example that I texted you was DJ Dallas. And this is interesting because uh, the website that I was checking, they had some guys listed as unrestricted free agents, but then they had like Ron, uh, um, Aaron Jones listed as unrestricted free agent. And he was until he signed his extension. So I don't know if this is accurate, but I'm pretty sure Chris Carson is unrestricted free agent. And then Carlos Hyde is on a one-year deal. I know they have Rashad Penny, but that, situation never worked out and he might be on his fourth year to be honest so he He's might be a free agent yeah. i think they drafted dj dallas purposefully to be there once chris carson and these other guys go and look people might think russell wilson's old he's only 31 mm -hmm. look at tom brady wilson could be elite for another six seven years mm -hmm. so you have metcalf there they're probably going to resign Lockett. you have this high octane offense whoever their running back is, is going to be solid. And I think, look, DJ, DJ Dallas is a rookie, cut him some slack. He's just, he's coming into these games. Like, uh, you know, he's not highly efficient, but he's, he's doing okay. So I think if you, you know, running back is a, is a priority in fantasy. So I would keep an eye on that for DJ Dallas. Um, another one for me is, is Jamal Williams. Now, look, I, I've seen Jamal Williams dropped and picked up 
throughout the year. And even after, you know, when Aaron Jones was out recently and then Jamal Williams uh, came in, balled out, I saw people drop him after that. And they like, because, oh, Ronald Jones is back. And they drop him. Like, what are you doing? Like, that's insane, first of all. And it was done in a dynasty league as well. And so, and I actually picked him up, which is, I feel great about because wherever he he's going somewhere else next year mm-hmm. and i feel great about that he has rb1 potential so uh if you ever see jamal williams uh out there and another point is all of our trade deadlines have passed but if you still have your trade deadline like espn trade deadline is uh november 28th so if you're in a dynasty league and your trades open and you're tanking like uh not that you're tanking but let's say you're out of the playoffs trade your uh you know Trade your guys that you're not going to need. Like, trade your Ben Roethlisberger's. Trade those type of guys and get a Jamal Williams or a DJ Dallas on your squad. Someone who's going to help you in the future. Uh, you, you got some running backs, man? Yeah. Uh, I like the DJ Dallas very good. I also didn't count Jamal Williams. Yeah, I it's tough because he, if he's there, he should be rostered. One, he should be rostered for sure. I, I'll start off with actually the other back that we spoke about over there, AJ Dillon. I'm pretty oh, sure he's going to be on your waiver wires. So uh, if it's at the that's end of the year, one. you don't need some of these other players. Stack them up because, like we said, if Williams goes to a, another team, Dillon becomes the priority back over there, and the, it's the backup, so his value goes up. Um, as far as other halfbacks, I want to talk about Cam Akers because I don't think he's being rostered too much. Maybe in dynasty leagues, people are rookie rookie fevered, so they have him. If he's there, get him. And the same goes for Anthony McFarland. Uh, talking about mm. contracts, James Conner, I think, yep. is an unrestricted free agent, and they drafted McFarland. We haven't seen too much from him, but a potential RB1, RB2, you know? Um, it's a shot in the dark worth taking in these long-term des- dynasty leagues. Yeah, I have a feeling they're going to let Connor walk, so yeah, that's a good one. I really think it depends how they do because they're the best team right now in the NFL. If he catches fire again and they yeah. win, win the Super Bowl, it yeah. could change the whole dynamic. Or if he doesn't ball out, then they can sign him to a cheaper deal. Yeah, true. It, it, who knows what goes on behind the doors, but it's something just to keep an eye out. And lastly, Dobbins. Uh, I, I think – those running backs are better than what's going on over there. So oh, yeah. if if he's the rookie that's dropped and someone's running Gus Edwards instead and Ingram, pick him up. It, it's it's dynasty. These are long term investments, and the rookies are where it's at. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I also added uh, Gus Edwards to my list because he's actually I think he's an unrestricted free agent, so he might sign somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And. Dude, if Ingram and Gus Edwards are gone next year, J.K. Dobbins, man. And I I have him in a, a keeper league. I, I hope nobody dropped J.K. Dobbins in one of these leagues. But if if they did, you better go swoop him up for sure. Yeah. Um, cool. So I have two receivers. I have uh, Corey Davis because I actually saw he's been dropped. And it's, it's arguable whether he's rosterable depending on what you need right now. Um, and he's an unrestricted free agent. I think there's a possibility – he goes somewhere else next year after playing very well and becomes a solid player. We've seen this is his best season at, in the NFL. So I think uh, I would definitely stash him if you can and see what happens. Maybe he does resign with uh, with Tennessee. And if it's a dynasty league and you're, you can keep all your roster, 
that's a solid piece. But maybe, I, I don't know, like Sammy Watkins is a free agent this year. What if he signs with the Chiefs? Then, oh my goodness, he's like has high RB2 potential. So uh, I would keep an eye out for Corey Davis. And an, another one, and this situation is going to be weird, but Cortland Sutton uh, was out for the year. He was dropped by a lot of people. Uh, and I'm actually in a keeper league where he was dropped. And, you know, you sh- people should add him. And because going into this year, he was he was viewed as an art, a wide receiver too, like a solid, solid wide receiver too. And I know they have a bunch of guys there, Jerry, Judy, KJ Hamler, whatever, but I don't, and I don't know Cortland Sutton's contract situation right now, but I, I he's pretty young. He's still on his rookie deal. Um, but whatever, let's, let's say they're like, look, we love these young, these rookies we have. They was maybe they trade Cortland Sutton or they keep him either way. They're going to change their quarterback situation next year. Uh, for sure. And to me, I look at the Denver, like, like I looked at, uh, Cincinnati, like whoever goes into that situation has a lot of pieces around them, a lot of solid pieces. So, uh, Cortland Sutton, man, if, if he was dropped, you got to pick him up. Definitely. That's a nice one. That one that's under the radar. I think he's been out almost the whole it, season. he's been out all year. Nobody's going to see him because he's at the bottom of the, the rosters. Right. And he's on the IR. So yeah, that's how you got to keep your eye out for him. Nice. That, that was a good uh, good setup. Uh, as far as my wide receivers, I went deeper, less less rookies, and definitely they're not rostered. I I, I almost guaranteed. And this is a shout out to you because I think you were the first one that mentioned him was Denzel Mims. Uh, yep. Uh, he's good. He's a good rookie on an awful team, and I think uh, the years to come will be more serviceable. And this is just a rookie campaign that plays for the awful Jets, so. People aren't watching too closely. Uh, hold him at the end of the bench. Maybe he comes into a beautiful flex play as these years come up. Uh, next, and this hurts me to say it because I was so high on him the early early parts of the year, but it just hasn't worked, and that's Laviscus. Mm-hmm. I, I, I cut him. Chenault had to be cut, and I didn't want to, but I know for sure the Jags love the guy. They really do. The fans love him over there. I even saw... One of the one of the forum posts that they said he's the next coming of Julio type of player. I think that's a huge stretch, but he's a big body, long body, good good hands. Uh, he can turn into something real, real nice. So if he was dropped and you have a slot and you want a wide receiver, I think he's a really, really good option to hold on to. Definitely, yeah. I know he actually was dropped in in one of our dynasty leagues. If uh or in my only dynasty league. If I swoop, don't swoop. make the playoffs, I'm going to swoop them up. And that's what's cool about dynasty, right? Let's say you don't make the playoffs. There's like three or four weeks of fantasy where like it's pointless, right? But not for you. If you're in a dynasty league, you're still monitoring the waiver wire. You're picking up guys every week, like trying to set yourself up for success for next year. Cause you get to, you get to still add guys based on their playoff performances. So uh, yeah, it's definitely, it's it's definitely all a cool roster, all year oh, roster. Absolutely. And if you're looking for a QB, uh, for me, there's guys you can look at who are free agents, but for me, there's a rookie you got to keep your eye on. And the thing is, I normally wouldn't do this, but like I, mention a rookie. But the I thing think is, we have the same one. We've, I don't, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe. I, see. We've seen this where, you know, all right, we knew Joe Burrow was going to be a beast, right? He was the number one pick, he had the greatest collegiate season of all time, whatever we knew he was going to be a beast, 
Justin Herbert comes in killing it. Like if you drafted him in, in Dynasty, or you love it. Mm -hmm. uh, Tua, like we didn't think Tua was going to come in. And not that he's killing it, but he's keeping that team afloat. And he's just showing a lot of maturity and able to help them win. Phillip Rivers is on a one-year deal. Jacoby Brissett contract expires. The Indianapolis Colts drafted Jacob Eason, I believe, in the second round. Let me see. Jacob Eason draft. Fourth round. Fourth round. Okay. Look, this guy, he's six foot six, 231 pounds. The thing for me is if like this guy was, uh, I think he was ranked as like a top five or six quarterback coming out of this draft. And I think, I mean, every team drafts a quarterback thinking this guy could potentially be our franchise quarterback, obviously. But I think, look, they signed Rivers to a one-year deal for a reason. They haven't re-signed Joe Kobe Brissett for a reason. You have Taylor there. You have Michael Pittman Jr. I think they have Super Bowl aspirations this year. And I think what they have, they have uh, Brissett and Rivers trained, like, you know, in this guy's ear, mentoring him. If you're in a dynasty league, and the thing is for me, I'm in a two quarterback dynasty league. So this guy's definitely a lot more valuable in that scenario. So it, we've seen these rookies step up this year. And I think Jacob Eason could be another one of those guys that, that balls out next season, throwing a Michael Pittman Jr., having Jonathan Taylor there in the backup. So uh, in the, in the backfield. So that's mine. I don't think we had the same one. <laughs> oh, you went undercover. And I really like that one. That's, that's real deep and real, real intuitive to watch contracts and situations. I kind of went with a more obvious one, I guess. And that's, uh, that's Jalen Hurts. I think. Oh, Wentz, that's a great one. Wentz I, yeah. is, is not the future. They he's ran his course. This guy was picked in the second round. Had a great last year. Uh, I think he went to Oklahoma, right? So uh, stash him. Don't don't think he's gonna start. Maybe it's a situation to keep an eye out on. But if they move from Wentz, they're not gonna go sign somebody. They're probably gonna give Hurts the full role. So. If you have a QB in mind, I would feel comfortable stashing this guy, hoping he turns into a nice quarterback next year. And in a two QB league, it could be even better. So, oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. That is a a great, great one. To be honest, he could be our next. I don't, I'm not saying they have the same skill set, but like he can be a, another one of those like Kyler Murray guys who comes in and has just great rushing ability as well. So I also put Jordan Love on there, but that's all dependent on when Rodgers wants to hang it up. Yeah, so. so I feel like if you're in a two-quarterback dynasty league, which to me is better because if you're in a one-quarterback dynasty league, there's so – like most quarterbacks other than like the top 12 or 14 are just useless. You know, like you, they're just sitting on the waiver wire. Like I think it makes fantasy more fun when you can – because it makes uh, Justin Herbert draftable during the rookie draft, you know, and it makes a, you know, you're never going to add Jacob Eason if it's a one quarterback league, but never. for two quarterback league, you, you can consider it. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the first round fantasy podcast, our Saturday strategy editions. Thank you for joining me, Justin. Yeah, it's yeah. always fun talking, going deep with you on these fantasy football discussions. Uh, we all we try to stay under an hour, but we can never help it. <laughs> um, all right, man. Cool. Well, don't forget to check out our first round fantasy podcast. We'll have a new episode up next Tuesday. 
Thank you all for watching. Good luck this Sunday. We'll see you all next time. Peace.